Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase, every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Want to learn a new language? And who doesn't? Well, experience immersive lessons from the most trusted language app, Rosetta Stone. You know you keep telling yourself you want to learn a new language. The True Accent feature even gives feedback on your pronunciation so you can speak the language like a native. Find lessons as short as 10 minutes, making it easy for you to learn anytime, anywhere. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Star Talk Radio listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash startalk today. Welcome to StarTalk, your place in the universe where science and pop culture collide. StarTalk begins right now. This is Star Talk. I'm your host, Neil deGrasse Tyson, your personal astrophysicist. And I have with me Chuck Nice. That's right. Hey, Chuck. Hey, hey, Neil. Tweeting at Chuck Nice Comic. That is correct, sir. As always. Good. Mm-hmm. Good to have you on the show. Good to be here. Do you know, you know what this topic is today? There's probably no more important topic we've ever addressed than this topic. Oh. The future of humanity. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> That's what it is. The future of humanity. And we are featuring my interview with the one and the only Elon Musk. A man who is contributing to the future of humanity. He's not, he's not contributing to it. He is the future. <laughs> it's not something that everybody else is doing and then they come in on it. No, no. He's, 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 he's making it. Okay. Okay. And sometimes he's referred to as the real life Iron Man, Tony Stark. Uh, I have to agree with that, actually. And uh, he's the founder of PayPal. It's an internet company. He's a founder of SpaceX, a rocket company. He's founder of Tesla Motors, an electric car company. And he's chairman of Solar City, a solar energy company. He is the real Tony Stark. There you go. And I thought, that, I mean, I don't love you, but I thought I should bring in some help on this one. Okay. Is that okay? Another man who... Yeah, yeah. So, uh, there's someone else in my, in my life. Now that now this is awkward. <laughs> it's not that awkward. Oh, here he is, <laughs> Bill Nye. Yes, biting my lip. <laughs> is Doctor Tyson going to introduce me? Or my, should I say anything? <laughs> no, we'll just talk about you. We're talking about Elon Musk, who is Bill. Uh, good, a heck of a guy. Yeah, uh, good to have you here because you've got some serious engineering background. Uh, and so a lot of the show, we're going to talk about engineering the future of our civilization. Yeah. Civilization and I could make stuff up, dream. but I'd rather you say what real stuff. And you, plus you're writing a book on like what sustainability, climate change and, uh, and, uh, doing more with less. Do you know what it's going to be called? Unbounded. 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 Ooh, and I want to cultivate. Go ahead. Subtitle: You're a freaking idiot if you don't believe in climate change. Okay, is that what it is? Well, that might as well be. uh, (laughs) So it's an extraordinary time. I mean, we're talking about Elon Musk and his vision for the uh, future of humanity. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But it's an extraordinary time as we record this. The state of Florida just forbade, forbade, kept would not allow state officials to use the phrase climate change. Yes. Really? Yeah. So, or, or sea level rise. Or sea level. And they're going to, so what is, what's going to happen? It, the it, states of Georgia, Mississippi, and Alabama are going to build fences like we have in Texas to yes. keep the Floridians, <laughs> both the Seminoles and the No, Chuck, uh, I and, think and no, no disrespect to anybody who lives in Florida, Georgia, or Alabama, but I got a feeling it's going to be a chain link fence, too. <laughs> <laughs> let's keep this water out. Well, let's find out. Right, so let's, let's get, let's get, get to the bottom of what created... Elon Musk. I wanted to find out, you know, where, where did he come from? Where, where did he grow up? I didn't know anything about the man. Let's find out. Elon, what egg hatched you into this world? <laughs> where were you before you? Well, I was born in South Africa. Born in South Africa. Yeah. And you come to America and make a billion dollars. Yeah. I mean, 
I didn't expect to make a billion dollars, I suppose. Um, <laughs> I mean, I grew up in South Africa, honestly, seeing a lot of the same TV and movies and reading comic books. And, and it really didn't feel all that different from, say, Southern California, honestly. So you had yeah. a kind of baptism into American pop culture at the time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I ate a lot of hamburgers and went to steakhouses and read like every comic book, you know. So my father brought me on a trip to the United States when I think I was about 10. I remember it was a really awesome experience because the hotels all had arcades. So my number one thing was when we went to a new hotel or motel or whatever it is, go to the arcades. And so the... They had forget the, any other the, services. The, forget yeah. whether they had bed bugs. You're looking for arcade games. Yeah. What did video games do for you? I mean, they're incredibly engaging, and they made me want to learn how to program computers. Because then I thought, well, I could make my own games, and then I could also... Uh, well, I wanted to see how the games work. Like, how did you create a video game? That's what led me to learn how to program computers. So you became yeah. a programmer? Yeah, so I had one of the first video game consoles. It didn't even have cartridges. It had, like, four games that you could play, and you could, like, pick one, one of the four games you could play. That was it. And then it went from there to the original Atari, and then in television. And then I was in a store and saw a, a Commodore Pick 20 and I was like, holy crow, you can actually have a computer and make your own games. I thought this was just one of the most incredible things possible. Took all, all of my saved allowance and, and then hounded my father until we got the Commodore VIC-20. And then it came with this manual on how to program in BASIC, which I sort of spent all night, several days in a row, just absorbing that. And On your own? No one forced you? No. I would never this was self-motivated. I've got to know this. This is yeah. good for me. I must have been like nine, nine or ten or something. So you were uh, fluent in BASIC at age nine or ten? Yeah. I kind of went, got OCD on the thing. Maybe it's not technically OCD, but I still got obsessive. Let me put that. At least the O part. So programming is power. Else. You get to control something. Yeah, you construct a little universe. And when you first do it, you're like, wow, this is incredible. You can actually make things happen. Like you type these commands and then something happens on the screen. That's pretty amazing. So there is hope for all the parents who have middle school children who are lost in their video games. Absolutely. They too can be a billionaire. I'm sorry, what I was just playing. <laughs> <laughs> Bill, we're over here. Put the video game down. <laughs> Put your PS Vita down. <laughs> yeah, you know, actually, that's uh, my son is a video game craze ball. How old is he? He's nine. He's nine. Yeah, it doesn't, like, it doesn't get better. doesn't get better. Right. But his favorite game is something called Minecraft. Yeah. I know nothing yeah. about it. Oh, well. However, uh, I started watching him play this, and I went, you know what? This isn't bad. This guy's learning how to create his own universe. It's very uh, imagination-driven. And now he wants to learn how to code. We love the guy. It, so could, it, could like, go, it could go diabolical if he wants to create his own universe. I just want you to know. <laughs> it's not as easy as it sounds. <laughs> <laughs> On the radio, create your own universe. Hey, right. great. <laughs> so uh, just, just a quick resume of, 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 of Elon Musk. So, uh, you know, in 1999, he founded the company that would become PayPal. Wow. And then sold it to eBay, and he ran off with $180 million, and he was 32 years old. And so, How did he make a living between uh, university and 32? Well, there's more of this interview that we will find out. But I, I, have, I, I don't know. He was like making companies and selling them. and then The way you on. do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, of course. That's yeah. how you do it. Exactly. Let, let's find like, out. That's hard. So what I, what I wanted to know was – while he was in college, what what was he thinking about? You know, most of us in college, you want to major, get a job when you come out. Let's right. find out what he was thinking about. When I was in college, I sort of thought, well, what are the things that are most going to affect the future of humanity? And, you know, electric cars, solar power, essentially sustainable Most people are thinking, I just want a job when I get out. And you're trying to reshape yeah. humanity as an undergraduate. I mean, it's pretty, in America, it's pretty easy to keep yourself alive. So, I mean, my threshold for existing was pretty low. I mean, I, I figured I could, like, be in some dingy apartment with my computer and be okay and not stop. Mm -hmm. um, in fact, when I first came to North America, I was in Canada when I was 17. And just to sort of see what it takes to live, I tried to live on $1 a day, which I was able to do. Wow. You sort of just buy food in bulk at the yeah, supermarket. Yeah. Rice and, and beans and... The yeah, I went more for the uh, hot dogs, <laughs> hot dogs and oranges. But you do get really tired of hot dogs and oranges after a while. And you can also like you know pasta and a green pepper and a big thing of sauce, and that can go pretty far too. 
So I was like, oh, okay, you know, if I can live for a dollar a day, then at least from a food cost standpoint, well, it's pretty easy to earn like $30 in a month, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, I would think. So it'll probably be okay. Okay, yeah. so, so that I, allowed you I, to not have to worry about money yeah, because you well, did the experiment. Yeah, I did the experiment, exactly. So this was an important psychological, philosophical anchor for you. Not yeah. to put words in your mouth, but that's a starting point to launch anywhere you want to go. Yeah, absolutely. And so, so now you've got a baseline, a life baseline from which to go new places, intellectually, psychologically, financially. So what came first? Thoughts of an electric car or thoughts of space? Hmm. You know, when you're starting out in college, like in your freshman, sophomore year, like you have these sort of sophomoric philosophical wonderings. And I try to think of, okay, what are the things that it will seem to me would most affect the future of humanity? There were really five things, three of which I thought would be interesting to be involved in. The three that I thought were would definitely be positive would be the internet, sustainable energy, both production and consumption, and space exploration, more specifically, the extension of life beyond Earth on a permanent basis. And then Although I, I never thought I'd actually be involved in that. That's, that was simply something I thought that was important in the abstract, but not something I thought I would ever have an opportunity to be involved in. And then the fourth one was artificial intelligence, and the fifth one was rewriting human genetics. These were just the five things that I thought would most affect the future of humanity. So, Chuck, did you want to change humanity when you went to college? I didn't even want to change my underwear when I was in college. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Bill, you're an engineer man. Do you agree with this list? Yeah, it's a pretty cool list. That's a cool list. Uh, I would have included uh, educating women and girls, raising the standard of living of women and girls so that the human population of the world will slowly become more manageable. A greater uh, tapping the lost intellectual capital. That's and, right. And among those who have been disenfranchised from it. Or never franchised. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here Just franchise in the first place. <laughs> Pre-franchise. Yeah. Which is, a, I, I, I love when you say that because it, uh, it's basically you, 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 when women are educated, they don't have as many babies. That's it. That's the all there is to it. The babies they have are, are more loved and better cared for. And so uh, that's where the, uh, the burgeoning of society happens with mom being a happier, healthier person, more educated, end up with better educated kids, end up with a better world. Uh, just like that. Just like that. Furthermore, <clears throat> the woman has a higher quality of life. She has a better job. She's happier, mm -hmm. which just makes everybody happy. So, so Elon, after he sold PayPal, he yeah. had a bajillion, bazillion. See, now that's where I stop. <laughs> You'll be done. You're that was a, that was See, a that's, mistake you made. That's where I'm just You got a couple hundred million dollars. $180 million. Dollars. <laughs> you're, you know, you're good. You're good. Right. Go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not that kind of guy, though. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Push, push, push. Push, push, push. And so what he wanted to do, he wanted to go into space. Wow. Let's find out how that got started. When I started out, my goal was to do a philanthropic mission with the intent of increasing NASA's budget. That was my goal. I was confused as to why we'd not yet sent a person to Mars. It seemed like this was obviously the goal after the moon, and we'd not made progress on that. And when it became clear like that PayPal was going to get sold, a friend of mine asked me what I'm going to do next, and I said, well, I mean, I don't know what I'm going to do next, but I'm always curious about what's going on with space and, and why have we made progress. I just wonder when we're going to send a person to Mars. So I went, I went on the NASA website, and I couldn't find a date. I was like, well, maybe it's here somewhere, and I just can't find it. The date, that NASA, <laughs> the date that NASA wants to land on Mars. Yeah, there's got to be like some schedule or something. We're or, looking or for that. game plan or mm -hmm. it's this date, even if it's far in the future. And like, it was not to be found anywhere. And anyways, I sort of started learning about that back history. And I thought, well, okay, maybe there's something that I can do to send a small mission to the surface of Mars that would get the public excited. And as a result of that public excitement, NASA's budget would be increased and we could resume the process of sending people to Mars. Essentially, so you thought you can do that with your lousy billion dollars? No, I didn't have a billion dollars at that time. Okay. Um, I had about a well, 180 million, still a lot. And and I figured, well, you know, maybe I could spend half of that on a mission to Mars. So I spent a fair bit of time investigating the space industry and eventually decided on this idea of, of sending a small greenhouse to the surface of Mars. And we called it the Mars Oasis mission. And so you'd have seeds and dehydrated gel that would land. You hydrate the gel upon landing, and you'd have this great shot of green plants on a red background, and the public responds to precedents and supportive. So this would be the first life on another planet, the furthest that life's ever traveled, as far as we know. And That's uh, how you get a headline. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's got to be something new mm -hmm. or something superlative. Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, okay, and that would maybe reinvigorate excitement, and the result would be NASA's budget gets increased. So the whole goal in the beginning was just 
how do we get more money for NASA? But after spending a fair bit of time on this, I came to the conclusion that I was actually incorrect. My initial assumption was wrong because I thought that where there's a will, there's a way, and that we just sort of lost our will. That was that's false. There's plenty of will. People needed to believe that there was a way, and a way that would not bankrupt the country or mean that they'd have to sacrifice something of critical importance like healthcare. So it became clear that the space transport problem had to be solved. Unless there was a dramatic improvement in the cost of space transport, then none of it would matter. So in your first successful launch, what was the cost per pound to orbit? Uh, about $6,000. $6,000. Okay, that's an improvement. Yeah, not bad. Not $100 a pound. No. To get to $100 a pound, you need a big rocket that's fully reusable. Are you there yet? No. <laughs> <laughs> We're making progress, though. It's been 12 years. So far, we've not recovered a stage. But I think we'll recover a stage within the next year and be able to reflight. <laughs> Is there a date on your website where someone can say, oh, uh, he's going to land on touche. <laughs> Good point. That's not like a no. Well, I mean, I've said it publicly many times, although maybe we should put something on the website which is that I think we've got a decent shot of being able to send a person to Mars in about 11 or 12 years. So, Bill, what, uh, is he going to do this? To reuse a stage? Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. And, and get the cost down. And, yeah, well, and, the cost down to... Wait, who, who, who's going to get us to Mars? Elon Musk or NASA? So let us keep in mind Please. that NASA pays uh, SpaceX. Okay. To about $2 billion bucks so far. Okay. So SpaceX is now a contractor for NASA. Okay, so our tax money thing. is going to, yeah, to, to SpaceX. Okay, yeah. so what is this vehicle that's going to get us to Mars? So there's a couple of innovations, just uh, let's say three innovations that I've seen with my own eyes, which must hide another 100,000 innovations that are very much more subtle. First thing is all the same engines. First stage, second stage, how many stages? It's the same engine. Okay. So why didn't somebody else do that? That's a good question. Yeah, everything it, was a one-off in the yeah, past. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, or a five-off. Okay. Saturn five-off. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh, and so then uh, um, the other thing is let's see if we can uh, reuse a stage. Mm-hmm. Right. And this is his thing. It almost worked the other day. He tried mm-hmm. to la- He, the company, tried to land on a barge just east of Cape Canaveral, and it it landed on the barge just a little faster than anybody wanted because it ran out of fuel <laughs> mm-hmm. to slow itself down. Okay. But that you need fuel like- to get faster, and if you're going fast, you generally need fuel to slow down. Yeah. Unless you're going to aerobrake or something. Yeah, right. well, coming through the atmosphere after lunch, it's, uh, it's and the thing is not shaped for aerobraking, really, mm-hmm. but it mm-hmm. is shaped for retro-rocketing, okay. if I can coin the verb. There you go. But then the other, the fundamental thing, you guys, when you, just um, when NASA was created... I believe, uh, Dr. Tyson, on the year of your birth, just within a week or so. Yeah. Same week. Yeah. Same damn week. I come out of my mother, NASA comes out of coincidence out of, out of Congress. Perhaps. <laughs> anyway, the idea was to keep the thing. To, I feel NASA's pain. It's the same age. It. They put NASA centers all over the U.S. So when they went to manufacture rockets, they put pieces of the rocket all over the U.S. Solid things are made over here. The liquid things are made over here. They're tested over there. They get on train cars and go down there. Just right there, just the expression, Houston, we have a problem. Why isn't it Florida, we have a problem? Cape Canaveral, we have a problem. Chuck, did Orlando, you know we have a problem. that the instant the spacecraft clears the gantry, in that instant, mm-hmm. full control transfers to Houston. I mean, if there's a human being on board, on board. thousand right. nautical miles away. Right, all, all the whole countdown and everything. Or, or go to launch. Go to all of that is Cape Canaveral. But it's space. The moment it takes, the moment it passes the thing, then oh. it's like, all right, guys, we'll take it from here. Yeah. That's right. That's right. That's exactly right. Thanks but a lot, guys, for your work. But anyway, it's SpaceX. <laughs> it's just south of uh, Los Angeles International Airport. Train car drives up full of stainless steel, full of titanium, full of let's make rocket anium parts. And it comes off the train car, and they shape it and do their own thing. I well, want rocket anium. I want some of that. Yeah. Uh, well, you can get it. <laughs> 6061 T6 aluminum, T7 yep. sometimes, tempered 7 aluminum. So then it comes down. They make the they make the tank. They make the, they attach the plumbing. They comes over here. There's a bunch of electronics. They attach that. They vacuum test it over here. Blah, blah, blah. Then it goes back on the train car. To either Cape Canaveral, close to the equator as the U.S. can get, or mm-hmm. up to Vandenberg Air Force Base, which is north of As there. It's the continental U.S. Because Hawaii is closer. Yeah. yeah. 
Hawaii's coast, but that's not on a train car. Yeah, it's not on a train Extraordinary car. Extraordinary train car. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so... Uh, Hover train. <laughs> the aqua train. But the... Uh, well, wait, Bill. So I, I, I get that. What I well, want this to is know- a fundamental lowering of cost. Huge, okay. huge reduction of cost. Is that low enough to like go to Mars like everybody says? He wants to go to Mars. He still wants to go to Mars. Well, I, I would like to go to Mars, but I want to come back. And I don't okay. want to go to Mars to live. I think that is not all the way thought through, in my opinion. <laughs> we choose to go to Mars... That's because right. Because it's not easy. Well, that's right. <laughs> no, no, we no. He would have to choose to go Mars because it will kill you. Right. It's so, yeah. I mean, it's really. Well, it's just Instead, really I hostile choose to eat boys. a Mars bar. <laughs> also, for your consideration, I do love the Mars bar. For your consideration, uh, we can talk about this after the break, but Elon Musk is a native of South Africa. South Africa colonized by Dutch people. Uh, I am a descendant from people from uh, northern and central Europe. Uh, you guys are much more recently descended from Africa. Mm-hmm. But we have this human tradition of just spreading out. We don't like it here. We're going to go over there. We'll just keep spreading. Which means, of course, to... you're a descendant of Africans as well. Oh, yes. Just we're all descendants of Africans. Yeah, you, yeah. you have arbitrarily selected. Yeah, I say more recent descent. Yeah, that, that was arbitrary. Recent... Let the record show that was a completely arbitrary line that you drew. Just, uh, but arbitrary, but historically not insignificant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So I'm just, I'm just. Yeah, I'm yeah, just, yeah. So anyway, humankind <laughs> has spread, has spread into Mesopotamia, this table. across <laughs> Eurasia. The ice age has the snow frozen up. Yep. Just keep going in North America, right? Spearing mammals, partying. It's what we do. And so it's not clear that you will be able to leave the Earth and go live on Mars. So you are skeptical of this, but you would not interfere with the dream state. However, we do not want to violate in Star Trekian terms. The prime directive? Just so, Don. Ah. Which is? Uh, We don't want to mess up the ecosystem on Mars. If wait, there wait, is an ecosystem. Me. We have no qualms messing up our own damn ecosystem. Well, that doesn't make it a good thing. <laughs> I know, I mean, but and what, after, and why should Mars be the sacred place okay. and not our own? There's a, it's a rule. We're it's, pooping in our own backyard. It's an arbitrary, but it's not arbitrary. It's a reasonable rule. Mm-hmm. We can poop there after we determine whether or not there's something alive. Mars. After it's we, nothing more than Earth's toilet. <laughs> and with that, we'll be back after this. <laughs> On that brilliant note from Chuck, Chuck Nice, you're listening to Star Talk, the Future of Humanity edition. We'll be right back. Whether you're a family vacation traveler, business tripper, or long weekend adventurer, Choice Hotels has a stay for any you. And that's good, because there are a lot of me's. Choice Hotels has over 7,400 locations and 22 brands, including Comfort Hotels, Radisson Hotels, and Cambria Hotels. Get the best value for your money when you book with Choice Hotels. Cambria Hotels feature locally inspired hotel bars with specialty cocktails and downtown locations in the center of it all. Hey, that's me. Radisson Hotels have flexible workspaces to get the most of your business travel and on-site restaurants. That's me, too. And at Comfort Hotels, you'll enjoy free hot breakfast with fresh waffles, great pools for the entire family, and spacious rooms. Hey, that's me, too. I guess I'm just going to have to stay at all of them. Choice Hotels has a stay for any you. Book direct at choicehotels.com, where travel comes true. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate, pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. We're back on Star Talk. I got Chuck Nice right across the table from yes, me. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I got Bill Nye, the science guy. So good to be here. And uh, since we're radio, I must alert people that even in studio, you are in bow tie. Let the record show. Yeah, uh, well, what you see is what you get. Maybe he's like the guy in Terminator 2 where the- Just a polymetal? Yeah, no, no, no. But the polymetal. <laughs> but no, but his, his, his 
police uniform. That's right. Was part of it was is poly his, metal. That is the metal. That's right? how I roll. So maybe Bill and the bow tie. But are, watch out! I can poly turn metal. <laughs> I can turn my arm into a giant saber sword wacky <laughs> thing. thing of death thing, which is shiny. <laughs> we're, we're talking about the future of humanity. We're featuring my interview with Elon Musk. And that does not feature uh, poly metal. No, it does not yet. Yet. Not yet. 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 And I snared that interview when I visited him at SpaceX headquarters, cool. which is, what's the name of that town that he's in? Is uh, in Cr um, Crenshaw, Hawthorne. Hawthorne, Hawthorne California, near uh, Los Angeles. Okay, New Yorker. Air Where is it? <laughs> Hawthorne. 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 Oh, by Hawthorne. the stars. Fine. Fine. So, so Bill, if we're going to go to Mars... Uh, do you do you see engineering challenges to that, or is oh, it just no, piece or is of it cake. only no no wait 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 no I'm gonna this is a very serious question. Engineers love a challenge, so don't tell me don't don't play that with me. A B oh, bring it on. Don't, don't <laughs> I don't, say bring it don't, on. Don't even. <laughs> so my question is, is it just a matter of money, or or even if I gave you as much money as you want? You might not be able to solve some of the engineering problems. Oh, we can solve the problem. Snap. That's no, we can solve. That's what I figured. Yeah, because we land a rover from a freaking rocket crane. Right. We can solve the problems. Right. But as far as this colony idea, everybody. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's. I mean, there's no liquid water as such. Mm -hmm. Oh well, Mars was once very wet, and we found evidence of ice. All good, but it's not like there's a river there. Right. Okay. Then. You if know, there is, it's underground and no one has found it yet. Okay, mm -hmm. and let me go on to say, it's on its summer day at the equator, it's 20 below. Okay, yeah, you can get, what is it everybody wearing this year? Uh, Canada Arctic Crew, that was a goose down, Canada okay. goose down brand jacket, mm -hmm. all very good. That's dead, that's... When things are really good, that's all you got that's on. Mi that's midsummer, midsummer yeah, attire. But the right? main thing I think you would pick up on right away: there's no air. You would suffocate well, in a second. Well, there's air, but there's no oxygen in the air. Well, so uh, you you just have to make all that stuff well, once so you get there. there. Is Thank you, Chuck. But, but Neil, at least somebody's I, I, thinking about the future I gotta here. I got to stop you there, Bill. Quiet there is for a oxygen Chuck. in the air, <laughs> but it's carbon dioxide. You no, have to it, separate it from yeah, the carbon. Carbon. Carbon dioxide, CO2, is one of the most tightly bound molecules ever made. I mean, you can do yeah. it, but you got to put in the energy. you got to put in the energy. And then it's you're going to be living, everybody, you're going to be living in a submarine. But wait, just to be clear, so you have to get that energy from somewhere. Right. Right. So just, just there's no such thing as a free lunch. And you're one and a half times the distance that we are from the sun, so you're... Uh, solar energy. If you just want to run, if you wanted to run solar panels, uh, was fifteen squared. So it's a two, yeah, one and a quarter, two, two and a quarter times yeah. more, less, less, less. less. sunlight. No, okay. you need two and a quarter times more solar panels yeah, to equal quarter, the. Yeah. Right. In light of this conversation, why do we want to go there? <laughs> what? Can someone well, remind because what? I'll tell you why I <laughs> want to go there. Well, it is the next logical place <laughs> to look for. I like things. Chuck getting high pitch on us. <laughs> Give me so that again, Chuck. 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 Why? Chuck, the reason you want to go there is because you're going to explore. And when you explore, two things happen. Those two things, Doc, Chuck, One. you will make, you will make discoveries. Okay. You'll you will find something you never found before. All right. But the other thing is you will have an adventure. You will have an adventure. It will engage you like nothing else, whether it's your backyard, the video game, or the surface of Mars. Now, you if, might die, but it'll be an adventure. Well, but what we want to do as an engineer, uh, and this is what astronauts say, part of their pride as being astronauts is coming back. That's like landing the airplane is part of a pilot's pride. I mean, ejecting and letting the $350 million fighter plane explode is kind of cool on video, yeah. but it's not really your goal as a pilot or an astronaut. So if we were to go there with a human we would be able to make discoveries at an extraordinary rate. It's estimated 10,000 times faster than our best robot spacecraft. Right now. But if the day comes when we have a 10,000 times better robot, you'd still probably want to explore. Still want to send a human Okay, there. so then... That's and so here's the thing. If we found evidence of life, fossilized bacterial mats, mm -hmm. or cooler yet, something still alive, some Mars probe, then the question would be, and I want to know, do those Mars probes have DNA like you and I do, or are they a whole nother, nother of notherness? Mars probe? Is that That's a Mars Martian probe. microbe. It's a know. Martian microbe. Mars probe. And then if they have DNA and they're so much like us, does that mean 
Mars was hit by an impactor, whoo, 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 went off into space, and you and I are descendants of Martians. That we'd all do, be Martians. Do, 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 do. Okay, so you know, he's trying to change humanity by reinventing space exploration. Mm-hmm. I get that. I get that. But he's also worried about problems on Earth. Okay, that's okay. okay. Well, Is he allowed? Is he allowed? I have no. I say bring it on. Okay, so you know he's co-founder of Tesla. Yeah, the electric car company. The car yeah. is just sex with wheels on. Very it. cool. He's also cha- sex with <laughs> wheels. On. <laughs> it's fantastic. Uh, he's also chairman of Solar City. Let's see how he just got into this. From a terrestrial standpoint, the biggest problem we need to solve at Earth this century is sustainable production and consumption of energy. This really is quite a serious problem. People really should take this quite seriously. Even if you put the environmental consequences of dramatically changing the chemical composition of the oceans and atmosphere aside, we will eventually <laughs> run out of oil. Holding that aside. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, if we don't find a solution to burning oil for transport, and we then run out of oil, the economy will collapse and civilization will come to an end, or as we know it. With or without global warming. Yeah, with or without exactly. I mean, mm-hmm. and so if we know that we have to ultimately get off oil no matter what, we know that that is an inescapable outcome. It's simply a question of when, not if. Then why would you run this crazy experiment of changing the chemical composition of the atmosphere and oceans by adding enormous amounts of CO2 that have been buried since the pre-Cambrian era? That's crazy. That is the dumbest experiment in history by far. I mean, promise it's not can you even think a... of a dumber experiment? I honestly cannot. <laughs> <laughs> what good could possibly come of it? So therefore, we need another solution here. But of course, electric cars still uses coal. That's why you need sustainable power production, like solar and wind. Which and... can still charge your, your car. Yes. Bill. Neil. Do you still have your house in California? Yes. In Studio City? Yes. I've been there. Yes. Well, you, you're like a native. You're a New Yorker now, not native, but you live in New yes, York. Yes, so, loving it. Somebody else is living in your house. Yeah, I that's have a crazy things. house that you live. That yeah, it's cool. It's completely alive with self-generated electricity. That's, well, it's got four kilowatts of solar. That's great. Which is more than enough for uh, well, well, ten months of the year, maybe ten and a half months of the year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I would have more, but my neighbor's house shadows my panels. Oh, I thought you were going to say your neighbor's stealing your electricity. Well, she's stealing sunlight. Yeah, that's the same thing. That is the same thing. She travels a lot, and I thought maybe while she was out of town, I could just cut off this like this one part of the second story. Mm-hmm. Easier to ask forgiveness than permission. Okay, right? Bill, but... We, oh, yeah, sorry. There's tons of oil still in reserve uh, that ha- is yet to be drilled or here's is... Here's the bad news. Okay, but... We'll never run out of fossil fuels. Oh, that is the bad news. That's terrible. It really is, because burning it and burning it is just the worst thing for all of us. So in the do you have a plan? Time. What's your plan? So the plan is Because to, as long as oil is cheap, and it's cheaper than my solar panels, how do you expect people to... So yeah, If you're rich, so you, can, gonna, you can buy the car that saves gas. So bear in mind... The re, the that reason, costs you more than the car that doesn't save well, gas. But the, the, reason, sex on wheels. the sex on wheels car. The reason you want a sex on wheels electric car is Costing how much? Uh, oh, hundred thousand. hundred thousand. Yeah, right yeah. Everybody's got a hundred thousand. Well, yeah. deep breath. Yeah, yeah. Of course. Deep Let breath. Me get to my mattress. <laughs> deep breath. Uh, it's ninety-five percent efficient or ninety-three percent efficient, whereas a gas-powered car, constrained by the second law of thermodynamics, is at best twenty-eight percent, thirty percent. So you're squandering energy. You just can't get back when you try to get it out of heat at low temperature differences. So, with that said. There is, uh, it's been estimated that we could save about 30% of the energy we use through conservation. We can have electric cars. We can improve transportation systems to be sure. But the big thing, you guys, I just, if, as we say about climate change, if you are opposed to government regulation now, you don't like governments now, just wait till stuff gets bad. Just wait till Floridians have to abandon their homes and mm. Miami's half underwater, and then there's okay, going to be regulation. Really and I'll give you this- an example of this. World War II. Regulation happened like crazy, and everybody was very proud of it. Want to create the next great generation. So uh, what I neglected to mention here, and I think you should have mentioned too, was if you can start out with a $100,000 car because it's a test of concept, mm. people like it, wealthy can buy it. But the real test is, can you make an electric car that's competitive in price 
to absolutely. And, and I'm told there's a Tesla Model Three mm-hmm. expected to come out, and that's a, a priced at thirty five thousand. Yeah. Okay. So I drove a Nissan Leaf for three years. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It was about that same price. About that same price. So that's that. There you have. I mean, I, I, you know, I did other stuff. I, I, I went to sleep. I had meals, and so I didn't just drive for but three Bill, years. But Bill, what I really want is the flying car. The flying car is a real tough problem. It, it is, but I think Elon Elon cured me of my urges to find a flying car. Oh, well, yeah, just to, wait. Everybody's in traffic flying cars. No, 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 no. He he told me what the deal is with flying cars. Wing let's loading. Find, let's find out. Of course, what we all really want are flying cars. Do you? Yeah. <laughs> Actually, let me ask you. So, are you sure you want a flying car? No, but it looks okay. cool. It does look cool. I mean, I, you know, whenever you see sort of cities and like some futuristic concept, they always throw the flying car in there. And um, You can't tell me you never thought of it. No, I thought a lot about it. Yeah, yeah, okay. And there's some people I know that are working on flying cars or flying personal transport devices, if you will. Hoverboards. Uh, there are people working on hoverboards. But, I mean, I, I sort of wonder... After the interview, you can show me your hoverboard room, okay? <laughs> I know some people working on a hoverboard. I won't tell anybody, <laughs> the microphone is on mute now, okay. so you can tell <laughs> just between just between us. <laughs> it's awesome. I, I'm debating like, should there be flying cars or shouldn't there be flying cars? I'm of two minds on that, you know, because if there are flying cars, then well, obviously you have added this additional dimension where now a car could potentially fall in your head and mm-hmm. will be susceptible to weather. And of course, you'd have to have a flying car where it would be. Like an autopilot, because I mean, otherwise, forget it. You don't want people navigating. Yeah, it's got to be. It's got to be. It's got to be autopilot. Mm-hmm. But even in an autopilot scenario, this and even if you've got redundant motors and blades, you're still gone from near zero chance of something falling on your head to something greater than that. And there's also a noise challenge. So I sort yeah, of we don't know how to fly quietly. <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay, so I'll wait it out some longer. Something that I do think would definitely help a lot in cities is more tunnels. Essentially, with a flying car, you're talking about going 3D. And there's a fundamental flaw with cities where you've got dense office buildings and apartment buildings and duplexes, and they're operating on three dimensions, but then you go to the street and suddenly you're two-dimensional. Because it's a flat it's a surface. Yeah, this is how New York City solved this with the subway, going right. underneath multiple right. layers of subway. Right. So we are actually traveling in three dimensions, but below the ground rather yes. than in the air. But I think if you were to extrapolate that to cars and have more car tunnels, then you would alleviate congestion completely. And cities. you wouldn't need the flying car. You would not need a flying car in that case. And it would always work even if the weather's bad. And it would never it, ice up. It would never ice up, and it would not fall in your head. <laughs> so We're going to get started on that right away. <laughs> I think uh, those sound like the words of a man who owns a car company. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. A non-flying yeah, car company. Yeah, if I, if I had a company that made non-flying cars, I probably wouldn't want to have a flying car. You would say build more roads. <laughs> exactly. Build no, more he's roads got a point. tunnels. You don't want a car falling on your head. Plus, a point that came out in my conversation with it, but we didn't make, it didn't make the clip, was we have flying cars today. They're called helicopters. Yeah. And they're really noisy. Yeah. And in fact, if you want something as heavy as a car to levitate, you're going. To, it's going to be making some noise. Well, it's, you know, it's uh, also going to use a lot of energy. And a lot of energy. Well, that's because, in the word of a, 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 a another physicist I know who flies his own plane, he said, uh, uh, "Helicopters don't fly as much as they beat the air into submission." Uh, who, 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 who said this? <laughs> who said that? that's? It's true. It's, true. I, it's all. It's completely well, there. The air doesn't submit. It just flows down, having enough momentum to hold the helicopter up. And now, the, he also Elon Musk brings up another good point. What? When we have humans operating the Tysonic flying car, which competes yeah, with the Chuck Nice subterranean vehicle, <laughs> uh, who's going to drive the thing without all kinds of trouble? And so, you know, it always fascinates me when you look at highways from the air when you're in an airplane or a helicopter, it looks so orderly. Yes. It really does. Cars all they merge, they go along very cool, but you're using a human brain. This, this thing is capable of art and radio shows and and rocket companies. You're using this brain to do nothing but operate this car on this right of way. Stay in a straight line, stay in a straight line, stay in a straight <laughs> line. Change lanes, look straight over your shoulder, look at head check, head check, head check. Whoa, whoa, head check. And so this is why uh, this seems like a real opportunity. Well, my favorite bumper stickers ever caution driver applying makeup. <laughs> That's my favorite. <laughs> I've seen it. I see I've you've driven it. behind me. No, is that right, Chuck? <laughs> 
That's a lot of info. Okay, Chuck. so you don't want you don't want drivers. Chuck. You don't you don't want humans driving cars. You want driverless cars. Yeah, at a very high level reliability. Now, I, you know, I used to work at Boeing, and you get a triple. You, you worked on the 747. 747, yeah. a little bit seven two seven three seven five seven, but yeah. What you want is that's the lingo check. I know. He, he, oh, that's he, how you. He's sound, showing that off now. Sound like you were giving me your number. <laughs> these are all. These are all planes. Everyone from Boeing has a seven seven something seven in it. Yeah, well, yeah, number. but the th- right. interesting point of interest: the seven twenty seven, the seven thirty seven, seven fifty seven have the same tube. The seven one seven, which was uh, the seven oh seven KC one thirty five, have the same tube. Uh, and so, oh, where was I going? That when it's triple redundant autopilot you can count on it it's going to land the plane gotcha uh but the problem with cars is not you don't have nearly the traffic control that you um that you have in uh airplane Uh, so who who do you think is going to win this tesla and with a uh, a driverless car perhaps coming out of their shop or google well tesla makes cars google makes software Okay. You can't have one without the other to be oh, driverless. So ah. this is like a chocolate and peanut butter thing. Exactly. Whoa. You got your car in my <laughs> software. You but, got your software in my car. But <laughs> wait, they're, you're both right. Chuck, I love setting you up. <laughs> but wait. But wait, there's more. Yeah. When you think about the automotive industry writ large, everybody uses the same parts. Mm-hmm. Uh, what the gas gauge sensor, the speedometer, the yeah, tires, yeah, yeah. the nuts, all the s- bolts, all the same standard. There's a little competition, but you can get a lot of commonality. And so we will see what happens in the near future. When we come back, we're going to find out what Elon Musk is really worried about. Ooh. You know, uh, should I give you a hint? Go ahead. Uh, no, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> when we come back, find out what keeps Elon Musk awake at night on Star Talk. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation. We're back to Star Talk Radio. I'm Neil deGrasse Tyson, co-host Chuck Nice in the hey, house. Hey, hey, in the house, in the house. And, and I got Bill Nye in the house. I am co-housing, co-housing, <laughs> donning a bow tie as usual. In an earlier segment, we were sure that it is surgically po- attached, polymetal, polymetal, surgically attached to him. We're featuring my interview with Elon Musk, and just before the break, I teased you to tell you that we would be saving for this final segment. Yeah, what he fears the most. Fears. Now, if you're, it's, to, he's to, a confident guy. He's a confident guy. And to quote Bill, if you've been scoring along with us, uh, you may remember in our first segment we listed the things he wanted to introduce to change humanity. Right. There's one thing he does not want to touch. Let's check it out. I mean, I'm quite worried about artificial superintelligence these days. I think, and I've said this publicly, I think it's maybe something more dangerous than nuclear weapons. So uh, we should be really careful about that. If there was a very deep super digital superintelligence that was created that could go into rapid recursive self-improvement in a non-logarithmic way, then, you know, that was... And it's self-learning. Yes. So, like, it just could reprogram itself to be smarter and iterate very quickly and do that 24 hours a day on millions of computers. Well, that, I mean, Then that's all she wrote. That's, that's it. all she wrote. <laughs> okay. I mean, we will be like a pet Labrador if we're lucky. A pet Labrador. I have a we'll pet Labrador, the, by the we'll way. We'll be their pets. It's like, it's like the friendliest creature. <laughs> but, <laughs> no, they'll domesticate us so yes. that we will be exactly. lap pets to them. Yes. <laughs> I mean, or something strange is going to happen. They'll keep the docile humans and get rid of the violent ones and then yeah. breed the docile humans. Yeah, I mean, the utility function of the digital superintelligence is of stupendous importance. What does it try to optimize? And we need to be really careful with saying, oh, well, how about human happiness? Because it it may conclude that all unhappy humans should be terminated. And, uh, you know, that we should all just be captured and with dopamine and serotonin directly injected into our brains to maximize 
happiness. Happiness, because it's concluded that dopamine and serotonin are what cause happiness. Therefore, <laughs> therefore, maximize. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying we should uh, exercise caution. What do you think of that? Wow. So, so just to be clear, he's not talking about artificial intelligence. Right. He's talking about artificial super, super intelligence, intelligence, the super. kind that can self-learn. <clears throat> okay, so 20% of the world's population of people mm -hmm. does not have electricity. Mm -hmm. They've never made a phone call. Not a cell phone call. They've never made a phone call. Mm -hmm. So when the superintelligence takes over Chicago or whatever, what are people in East Africa going to give a rip about? <laughs> Okay, Plus the super so you guys have managed to kill yourselves. Way to go. We're, we got, we're looking for some corn here. So I get it. But uh, I think people have to keep in mind, we all take computers are so reliable and they're so much part of our everyday life now. We take them for granted. But somebody is in a, literally or in a sense shoveling the coal. Okay. What happens if you unplug the supercomputer? intelligence thing it will uh find a new source of energy no 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 no, no because no, the, it has its own nuclear reactor the failure of that logic is the assumption that it would let you unplug it right <laughs> yeah okay but how did it create that thing to keep it from i'm just saying i don't i don't i'm you know i'm with so you here it seems like a solvable problem so i'm looking here we have three three levels of intelligence artificial narrow intelligence so it's okay. computer doing one thing better than anything it's not getting anybody's way. A calculator. Calculator. Let and it do it. One wins at Jeopardy. And, uh, and no, no, that'd be artificial general intelligence, which oh. would be general intelligence, but it's not. Uh, it, it, it's not hell bent on taking over the world. It's, it's <laughs> that <laughs> IBM computer, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It goes across. Yeah, yeah. yeah the, which one was that? Well, Watson. 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 It's Watson. Okay. Watson. So it's the super intelligence that scares him. And I, again, I, I kind of agree with you, Bill. You could at some point you just unplug the dude. Yeah. And, and well, I just think about uh, the Colossus Project, Forbin, the Colossus Project. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, and so uh, this is where these the two superpowers on Earth have uh, nuclear arsenals. They're controlled by computers, so they connect the two computers. And, th you know, trouble ensues, okay? <laughs> and so you try to unplug it, but they have their own nuclear reactors that run them. This is the movie War Games, like all over again. Yeah, right? yeah, the, yeah. Well, it was before War Games. It was yeah, a yeah, novel. Yeah. And so, and then a movie. But the deal is that running a nuclear power plant is not straightforward. It takes some, somebody shoveling the coal, a rate, moving <laughs> the stuff around in the uh, waste. In the pile. Ponds, yeah. yeah. So, the so there's also much much ado about the singularity. Uh, Ray Kurzweil oh, said, you yeah. know, I got to get him on Star Talk because I don't, I, I'm just not with him on this, well, but I don't want to badmouth him unless he's sitting in front this of me. This is everybody when I so do he can badmouth me back. Okay. Does this happen to you, Neil? When I do a college talk, somebody asks me about the singularity. I know, and, and people when all a computer freak out. is as smart as a human, right? This, and this would it's be always plugged in and has no arms or legs right. and does something. Right, right. Somehow, what is it going to do? It's going to chase you down the street. Like, what's it going to do? Well, no, it's going to actually get the machines to do its bidding for it. Yes, it'll like in Terminator. Your like in Terminator. Right, it will that control was, your thermostat I'm, and your self-driving car. I'm cool with that. But this notion that somehow the world is fundamentally different before and after uh, the singularity. But from a historical standpoint, I could buy it. Like, no, no, we'll be different, but we're not going to be. It's, it's not we're going to be running out of the screaming out of the out of the apartment. No, what, when machines took over our physical labor, did we say, "Oh my gosh, this is the, the crazy day"? No, no, it happened slowly, and we're fine. Right and now, we got people repairing machines. Mm -hmm. I don't have, you know, so and uh, there's still artisans carving the thing. We got to get them on the show. I'm going to get him on the show, and then we'll give Ray. him a piece of our mind. <laughs> <laughs> but we can't leave people f freaked out over the fate of the machines that we create and the their capacity to turn us into domesticated pets. Let's find out if Elon has any positive thoughts about the future at all. Thank God. <laughs> I'm quite optimistic about the future. I mean, I don't think we're about to enter a dark age. It could happen, but it's not, I think, not likely anytime soon. Not but before I, you get to Mars. Hopefully not before we get to Mars. <laughs> but bear in mind that, that... And part of the act of trying to get to Mars is a force to keep us out of the dark ages. I mean, there's always a chance that something calamitous could happen to Earth, uh, either a natural or man-made catastrophe. Certainly we see that in the fossil record. And we've invented all sorts of ways of doing ourselves in that the dinosaurs didn't have. 
and we haven't managed to solve the asteroid problem, <laughs> so <laughs> therefore our risk is higher, okay? <laughs> Should people realize this? If you haven't solved the problems that have caused the prior extinctions and you've added new ones, <laughs> you've not improved the situation. <laughs> and that's sort of where we are right now. And, so, and you know, there, there are people, there are some really smart people that are a lot more pessimistic than I am, like, you know, the Stephen Hawking's of the world and the uh, Martin Rees, the Royal Astronomer. They're all quite pessimistic. I'm a naturally optimistic person, but I do think that there's value in establishing life insurance, which, if life as we know it is on more than one planet, then um, the light of consciousness as we know it is likely preserved into the future for much longer. Of consciousness is <laughs> no, it's, it's a beautiful talk. What that, that was his optimism? <laughs> what, what, Jack? That was optimistic. Oh, you know, the thing that took out the dinosaurs that's still a thing, it's it still, a thing. It's still, it's a, still thing. a thing. And by the way, uh, we'll probably take ourselves out before that, and but, this is still a thing, too. Yeah, but you but, know what? I'm pretty optimistic. No, no, here. <laughs> but you guys, back in the day, there were no humans when the ancient dinosaurs were taken out, yeah. There's no evidence that the ancient dinosaurs had a space program. At all. They didn't even have opposable thumbs, much less. It doesn't seem like they did. And so uh, we have that leg up. Also, they're going on 9 billion people. If you kill almost everybody through extraordinary means, somebody's going to leak through. Much more easy to leak through here on Earth than on Mars. Here's what I'm saying. You want to become a multi-planet species. Whatever effort that takes, I've said this before, it seems that it would be less effort to deflect the asteroid than to terraform Mars and ship a billion people there. Yeah. I'm with you on that. Deflect the damn asteroid. Get on with uh, life. If you have the power to terraform Mars, you have the power to fix Earth. Yeah. uh, Martian atmosphere is getting scraped off all the time. That's what I'm saying. What fears you the most? What fears you the most? We got to wrap it up. What fears you the most? The dark. The dark. Sorry, I go with the simple stuff. It's the truth. <laughs> the monster under your bed. All right, uh, Bill, what fears you the most? Climate change, then asteroids. You know what I fear the most? What? That we lack the wisdom to understand our own fate so that we then become victims of it rather than conquerors. This sounds like uh, those wow. who do not know the past are condemned to repeat it. It's a version of that, yeah. I think. We got to call it quits there. Bill Knight, thanks for being on the show. Chuck Thank Nice, you. as always. Always a pleasure. My, my co-host, you've been listening to Star Trek Radio, and I've been your host, Neil deGrasse Tyson, your personal astrophysicist. And as always, I bid you to keep looking up. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation.